Welcome to The Atypical Leader with Rick Brennan, where we talk about harnessing what makes you unique and maybe even a little odd, while at the same time dismantling the notion that you have to be a certain type of person or act a certain way to be an effective leader. Definitely a leader, not a follower. I like the sound of this. It's time for us atypical leaders to come out of the shadows and learn to be proud and confident in what makes us different. I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of who I am. A typical leader starts now. What am I doing? You got a nice office there behind you. No, oh, thank Go you. Skyscraper. Just built it. Did you? Wow. You have the same. You have the same one. Oh, do I? Twins. <laughs> We're twin. Twin oh, towers. Twin towers. <laughs> Look at how smart we are. Do you right? ever watch Lord of the Rings? No, I'm not a Lord of the Rings person. You're not a sci-fi person. No, we've had this conversation. Well, we're having it I'm again, Judy. We were on a podcast. We're going to talk about All things, right. you know? All right. I didn't know that and things still- are, once we've talked about them once, they're eliminated from our vocabulary. Is that what you're saying? That's it. We're done. We're okay. done. good enough. Jesus. Oh, yes. no, I didn't know me. there were so many rules. <laughs> so why are we going to talk about here? Are you listening to me? No, of course not. You told me to watch Divergent, and I haven't, oh. because it's sci-fi. No, no, you won't like it now that I say that. I know. I went to look at it. I said, what is he thinking? Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. Okay. Most women, I, and I don't much. mean that in a, I don't know, is that a sexist thing to say? Most women don't like sci-fi. I don't think it's sexist. Okay, well, most women don't like sci-fi, Judy. <laughs> That's because we're smart. Or most women that I know. I'm going to talk about Spectrum today. Do you want to come along with me? I'll tell you a lot on the magic carpet ride, sure. Okay. There's so, a song there for sure. There is. Yes, there is. Okay. Would you like to sing it? No, I don't know how it starts. Oh, okay. okay, so spectrum. Right. What is a spectrum? So like a rainbow. And what's that got to do with being atypical or neurodiverse? Well, that's okay. So everybody knows autism. And in fact, if right. you even say they're on the spectrum, you automatically think the autism spectrum. Yeah. And that is low or high or mid, I guess. And let's say for the purpose of what we're talking about, that low is the very visible autistic person. And the high level, you might never know, but they still have some symptoms. But the thing that most people don't realize is that every neural condition is on a spectrum. Did you know that? I did. Yeah, only because I told you. No, because I'm smart. So we talked about the autism spectrum. Everybody knows that. And the thing is that there's many, many spectrums. Right, I don't think everyone is aware of that. There's so if you take ADHD, there's an ADHD uh-huh. guy or girl who's bouncing off the walls and running everywhere, and then there's a ADHD person who's lying on the couch. Right. Now it's a little different from autism because I don't think the length of the spectrum is quite the same. There's a big difference between someone who's visibly autistic and someone who has a mild case of autism. And I don't think the same range applies to ADHD or OCD or that sort of stuff. There's certainly a high and a low. But so anyway, so ADHD, you can have a person bouncing off the walls or you can have a person on the couch, as you can with every other neurological condition like dyslexia, OCD, cognitive dysfunction, dyscalculia, rumination, those type of things. I think it's important that we understand that because the spectrum... So let me more talk more about the spectrum. So take rumination. Okay. Rumination is a can't sleep at night. So yeah. there is people that really don't sleep all night. And there's people that takes a little longer to get to sleep. But when they wake up, they can't sleep. There's all kinds of versions of that. Okay. okay. So it's all different places on the spectrum. 
But what you need to understand about the spectrum is that it can be, you can move on the spectrum. It's like a sliding scale. So a, okay. a person at the low end of the autistic spectrum is going to be able to move somewhat. I don't think they're going to fly up to the high end of the autistic spectrum. But someone say with, well, we talk about rumination. Let's talk about it. You have a right. hard time sleeping at night. Things are on your mind. You can't stop the thought process. I pretty much eliminated that. So I've moved from the low level where I couldn't sleep to the high level where it really doesn't impact because I use certain tools to get me there. And what would those be? Well, for me, it's the simplest of simple tools, a pen and a paper. So oh, I, okay. I have a perpetual list on the go because what I lie uh -huh. in bed and think about are the stupidest things. It's not, you know, human starvation or anything like that. <laughs> it's like, like, fuck, you know, where did I put my blue pen? <laughs> like like it really matters you know but that's the stupid I that, thing i talk about i think about. that also brings in your ocd <laughs> oh no that too that too but then some of them are connected these these conditions yeah. for sure but anyway yeah. so i found by writing things on a piece of paper so i'm lying in bed i go to bed and three things pop in my mind i get out of right. bed i write them on my piece of paper and for me now it's almost like i've literally removed them from my brain and put them on that piece of paper and i won't think because now i know because I think what fuels rumination is I might forget. Now I know I won't forget. My brain is clear. And if I lie there another half hour and I think of something, I get up and I put it on the piece of paper. Now this only continues till I fall asleep. But if I didn't, I'd be up all night. Okay. So that's how yeah. I've controlled my spot on the spectrum. Okay. But another piece that really controls where you are on the spectrum is your environment. There's just no doubt about it. It's my biggest learning. And I know we have a podcast coming out about that, about feeling comfortable in your environment, being able to make mistakes and not worrying about them. That has a tremendous impact on me. It's not, okay. it's not like a little. It's like literally stupido in one corner or really a smart guy in the other. It, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I'm. it's like my brain does not function well when I'm in. Don't get me wrong. I don't mind stressful environments. It's more that quiet, distrusting environment. Not distrust is even the wrong word. But you know what? You're just not totally comfortable. You're not sure about the people around. You're not sure if you can trust. When someone says something, you don't know if they're joking or making fun of you. You know, it's kind of that right. sort of thing. I can't function in that. Like probably the problem, and I, we haven't talked about this. We should talk about this sometime. With my atypicalness is my sensitivity level and my awareness. I guess they come together. Because when I sit around a table, I notice everything. I notice the body like, oh, it drives you crazy. I don't even want to. Do you? <laughs> I can look across the room and I can just tell what's going on. And that adds to that, you know, insecurity or discomfort or whatever it is that kind of shuts down my brain. Okay. And you've experienced that. Like, you know, I can talk pretty good like I'm doing here, but so. I'm like that. Yeah, yeah. But when yeah, it's yeah. another, so there's another two levels of that environment. One where, say I'm out with you. You and Linda, and we're having fun, and I'm feeling happy. I mean, I'm, you know, I could be pretty amusing, pretty you know, smart, you know, all that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we love you. Okay. But I think there's another level past that. And that's when it comes into a well-oiled team, where you're working towards this goal. I think working towards a goal really matters because everybody's focused on a direction. Everybody likes to go somewhere. Everybody likes to achieve something. And then bringing uh -huh. a team together that are fit like a glove, where trust, respect, uh -huh. fun, it's like hard work, all those sorts of things are gelling. 
and you're able to make mistakes and everybody's got your back. To me, there's a whole other level where in that environment, you can achieve anything. So when you're feeling that, you would be at the top of what you say of your spectrum. So does that help all of your neurological conditions? When you're in that positive, you know, when everything's working, everything's firing on all cylinders, your team's moving and grooving and stuff. Does that mean that all of those neurological conditions that you have kind of come up on their scales? They bust out the end. They're away all high, as high as they can go. Okay. Now, it doesn't mean my dyslexia is any better that day, because that's just kind of what it is. Mm -hmm. But it's when I get things off my brain's plate. You understand? So typically I'm clogged, and, and stress fills my brain's plate. Being uncomfortable fills my brain's plate. It just shuts down those neurons. So when I'm in right. the happy place, my neurons are popping. You know what right. I mean? Things, the brain's plate is empty. So in a sense, it mm -hmm. does help the dyslexia. So now I can process information better. But I right. got to tell you, anxiety is taking a ride. It's gone. My ADHD is calm and collected. My brain is just fine. My cognitive dysfunction is flipped. I understand okay. things and I understand them well and quick. You know? All right. Does that explain yeah. it? Yeah. You did a visual for me once. You, you were talking about Picturing a stick with a ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to find right. that on the internet to use as a visual, and I couldn't. I have six neuro conditions, okay? okay? And certainly when we talk about when I'm in that happy, happy environment, they're all way at the high end. Well, they're not talking about that. We're just talking on a day-to-day -day basis. So I have okay. a picture that two people are holding two sticks, and there's a ball in the middle, and you can make the ball go up or down. You know what I mean? By moving your hands. Mm -hmm. So yeah. now we're going to put... Six lines. So there's 12 people, six on each side, and each one of them are balancing a ball, but they were all working independently of each other. And okay. that's my spectrum. So I wake up, I'm in the middle of the spectrum. Say every ball is in the middle of the spectrum, but they're working independently of each other. Things will happen in my day that will start to tip those balls independently of each other. So one could shoot to the up, one should shoot to the bottom. When I'm in that great environment, they're all tipped down this way. But you put me in a very stressful environment, they all tip to the lower end. Right. You know, and then probably if, if in reality was, we probably tie a string to a couple of them because some of them are interconnected. So mm -hmm. that's what we're trying to control. And really want people to understand about that spectrum is, and a spectrum is, is it's more than your environment. It's about, what do you eat? Are you hungover? Mm -hmm. Are you drinking all the time? Are you physically fit? All those type of things are going to change the way. And the tools. I mean, I'm sure you can go and get various tools that would help you deal with certain things. Right. Like we talked to yeah. Ben that one time, you know. He learns tools through junior high that helps him with his, you know, ADHD and that. Yeah. And they would stabilize the spectrum. Right. So, again, it goes back to the right environment, conditions, positive people, and then they start shifting upwards. There's a lot we can do to help ourselves. Search for the right team. Find the right friends. You know, and when you talk about friends, you know how we have positive and negatives and all kinds of in-between. And, you know, and, and that's life. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But you got to remember that people influence us in different ways. And we want to be on the spectrum. Hang around with people that have got you stressed out and on edge all the time certainly doesn't help that as opposed to having friends that are positive and uplifting, you know, and make you relax. I mean, that puts you a different place on the spectrum. So you just got to realize those type of things. Well, I don't know about you, but I've gotten rid of a lot of those people, those negative people. And what's that? And what's that done for you? 
Well, it's made me uh, happier. It's made me feel better about myself. So that's an example of, you know, putting you at a different place in your spectrum. And I mean, I mean, it, you know, it's not all about the spectrum. I mean, there's your, your whole life and how everything goes and feeling good about your life. But as it goes to the neurologic conditions that you have or I have, it helps put you on a different place in those spectrums. It's finding that tribe, right? It's that group of people that make you feel amazing and empowered and like you can do anything, puts your brain in a different place. I mean, it's pretty logical when you think about it. Yeah, now, family's a different thing, right? I mean, you know, because let's face it, we all love our families and they're great and that sort of stuff. But, you know, nobody can push your buttons like your family can push your buttons. And it is what it is. You just got to realize that. And sometimes you just got to suck it up. It is what it is. And you got to get over that. Move on and don't let that distract you from, you know, being your best positive self. I mean, you got to do what you do to put yourself in the right spot. But you can't be blaming other people for that. Sure, there might be positive and negative people, but you're in control of your life. You're in control of the way you're going to think, the tools that you're going to use. It can't be about blaming everybody else for your misfortune or where you are on the spectrum. That's not anyone's responsibility but yours to get yourself there, to surround yourself by the right people, to find the right tools, to understand what your strengths and your weaknesses are. That's all about you. You have to take that responsibility. Well, I agree with that, true. But I mean, if people, if you're around really toxic people. Well, yeah, but you're taking it to the extreme when you talk toxic people. When I say negative people, I don't necessarily mean toxic. I just mean there's people that see the bright side of the day and there's other people who see the you know, not so bright side of the day. And they, no. they can put you in a different place. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, you know, it's it, there's degrees, isn't there? There certainly is. Yeah, and that's what I mean is it's all a balancing act, right? Mm-hmm. Balancing act between, you know, how you're feeling, what people give to you. Uh, and, but anyways, when you talk about work, you talk about bosses. And, you know, I've had good and bad bosses, bosses that have made me, you know, kind of let me go, let me do my thing. And I can certainly think about the, when I was the most successful in my career with the Nick and the Lans and Paulas and, you know, who who just let me go, let me do my thing, kind of said, you know, well, yeah, can't control them anyway, so just let them go. They gave me some guardrails to let me fly. And that's when I achieved, you know, my most success. And I've had other bosses who wanted to control Wanted to control the agenda, wanted to control the tools, wanted to control the atmosphere. And in that environment, it's very, very difficult. For someone like me with the skill set that I have, which is one to, you know, be creative, get outside the box and, and those type of things, a little more, a typical thinker, I think, who can work within that environment is more successful uh, when the boss wants to control and, you know, it's, you're full of rules and policies and those sorts of things. And that's what kind of guides your day. I agree with you. As you know, I I decided to take the route of being an entrepreneur because I never could find a company, particularly back when I was looking for jobs, a company that would accept my, as people called it, my weirdness or my strangeness. For me, what was best for me to stay up and happy and on an even keel was to go out and be an entrepreneur and work for myself until I, a company took a shine to me and really liked 
how weird I was. He found it quite amusing, and 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 he he knew I was smart, so he let me run with the ball. I mean, yeah, well, I think that most people that are neurodiverse, that you know, end up as entrepreneurs doing their own thing, that sort of stuff. It kind of fits, right? But I think that I'm part of this podcast is a change that there's no reason why the neurodiverse can't be successful inside of the corporate world. Because frankly, I mean, the corporate world and entrepreneurship want the best, the same thing. You want to be successful, you want to drive the business forward, right? We tend to approach it differently. But as far as what we can do for ourselves is, you know, go out and find those tools, get help. I mean, help get finding help is essential. You know, it changes sort of particular times in your life. You need it more than others. Uh, I know that one of the things that certainly helped me, I had a great cast of characters over the years that gave me lots of advice and goldings and all sorts of things, you know, to get my act together, which was tremendously helpful for me. Go out and, and when I got tested when in my 30s, by a psychologist because I knew there was something messed up about me. And I went and got tested by a psychologist and found out I had that this cognitive dysfunction and dyslexia. And knowing that helped me. It gave me confidence just to know that my brain was just wired differently. It wasn't about smart or stupid. It was just, I am what I am. And then when I uh, went, I applied for some jobs, we had to take some tests. And there were some critical points where I was able to use that psychological testing to say, here, let me validate what I'm telling you about. I can't, don't test well. Here's why I don't test well. Let me explain this to you. And thankfully, the people that were uh, I was working with, accepted that. So that was critical. So there were pieces, there were tools, there were conversations that helped me, you know, move forward. I actually, you know, have never thought about being on the spectrum or not being on the spectrum because I never looked at myself in that way. Again, growing up, we didn't really know, we didn't know what neurodiversity was. You know, like I said, people just thought I was weird, a bit wacky and, and strange. So I don't know, you know, really what neurodiverse conditions I have, but I'll tell you, I was out um, raking the leaves yesterday. And, you know, my backyard, it's full of decks, right? I mean, it's just full of decks. And I'm thinking, I got to get every leaf up. Like, I'm, I'm actually out there with the broom sweeping it. And, and the wind's blowing, and the leaves are coming off the trees, and I'm, like, running around trying to catch everyone. I thought, you know, maybe I am a little OCD. Yeah, but, you know, I guess so the whole point is that your environment, the way you think, the tools you use can all put you in a different place in the spectrum. And it's just important for us to know that. You know, the good days and bad days are caused a lot by by that sort of thing. So just understand that. For you employers out there, if you want to get maximize your people that are working for you that have are either neurodiverse or atypical, you need to approach it different. You've got to try to put them on the highest point in the spectrum as possible. You've got to stop expecting that everybody's going to do everything the same way all the time. You have to let people kind of do their job in different ways. There's going to be different variations to that, different levels of creativity, different operational philosophies. Take the time to discuss, explain, teach, listen, and understand. And, you know, sometimes that's not always easy. Sometimes that's a pain in the ass. If you can draw out what atypicals have to offer, there's a big prize at the end of the day. They can be very effective. They can be super uh, team members, and they can help you lead your team to a lot of success. Yeah, I, I mean, the, I find the spectrum very interesting because, of course, everyone always thinks of autism. That's a lot for an employer to, to get his head around, don't you think? I mean, I, I, I'm just thinking about it, you know, that... Because uh, people don't think in those terms of like spectrums and stuff. No, it's, and you know what? I don't think we want to get too complicated because everybody has their good and bad days, right? Yeah. 
I mean, it's, you know, that's pretty normal. And everybody has that. And what you just got to realize with neurodiverse and atypical, we're going to have our good at day, bad days too. Is, you know, it's, there's good and bad, and then there's great. And the more you can move that person up the spectrum, that's when you get the gravy. You know, that's when you're going to, especially when they walk in every day feeling comfortable, feeling that I can really contribute to this business and support it by the people and the activities around me. That's when those people and everybody else on your team can move to a whole other level that you may have thought never possible. Right. And that's where it goes back on to us as atypicals to learn the things that, that help us, learn the things that help push us up the spectrum. You know, we can't expect the employer to do everything for us. We have to work with him on it. Well, come on. It's not. It's always going to be about us. I mean, frankly, if it was me, I mean, my bosses, I mean, it was very clear. Here's what I want to do, and here's how I think I should do it. And we might, I might fight and argue that with my boss, and if you want the best for me, this is what I need to do. Now, everybody's going to do that in their own way, but take the bull by the horns and take charge and sit down and talk to your boss. Say, here's what the best thing is for me, and this is what we can do. How do we make this happen? You know what? The boss may look at you like you're insane the first time you have that conversation. But you know what? Develop your relationship with your boss. Have those conversations over. and Say, listen, if you want me to be my best, I need a little more flexibility. I need this. I need that. Uh, you know, and here's what I'm going to deliver. Then go and deliver. Uh, that's the big thing I was just going to say is that, you know, it's fine to say I need this, I need that, you have, you know, but we have to deliver. Well, for sure, like anyone else, we're accountable. Again, it's not about everyone else can do for me. It's you. Exactly. Got to be an active participant in your own solutions, in your own success. Well, let's wrap it up here today. Great conversation on Spectrum. I hope we've uh, helped people understand the Spectrum. And I hope we've helped you realize that creating the right conditions will allow you, as atypicals or neurodiverse, to stay on the highest point of the Spectrum possible. Thank you for your time. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us today and listening to another episode of The Atypical Leader. If you haven't already done so, like, share, and follow me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. By liking and sharing, you will help other atypicals find all of us, so we can all start to leverage the stories, strategies, and strengths of what make us all unique. Keep listening and remember, take charge and push away those self-doubts. Leverage what we're talking about. Be confident in who you are and proud of what makes you unique. So join me, Rick Brennan, and my co-host, Judy Sims, on the next episode of The Atypical Leader. And don't forget to get your copy of the book, The Atypical Leader, Harnessing the Power of Neurodiversity, on Amazon. To learn more about us, leadership, and neurodiversity, please go to our website, atypicalleader.com. Thanks for listening. Let's do it again next week.
So anyway, 